There we go. I'm sure that was not as graceful as it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard, gentlemen. We have reached another episode of Dum 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 Thirsty Thursday. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have an extra special. Wait, what would ABE say? Uh, A treat especial. We have (laughs) the man, the one, none the other, Paul. I gotta say, like, seriously, I should have known you would have pulled some kind of crap like that at the beginning. I mean, like, <laughs> real low dad won't let that clip die. This won't let it die. Gonna go down in forever. It, we need to get it trending in uh, in Jiffy or Tenor or one of those uh, hosting apps for GIFs. And so that way, whenever somebody has some sort of like graceful reaction or something, like someone doing a ballet and they trip and fall, uh, you know, everybody can reply with Castleberry trying to maneuver a real mower out of a shed. I think it would just be perfect. (laughs) Perhaps if someone could put the shed on fire, I'd be a bigger fan uh, because, as we all know, I enjoy burning structures. (laughs) Uh, Structure fires never cease to amaze me and make my heart race in a positive way. Speaking of making my heart race in a positive way, Mr. DeMay, how the hell are you doing, sir? Welcome. Oh, yeah, it's been a busy week. It's been a controversial week, too, hasn't it, really? You know, with uh, Turf Truth coming out, and it was funny today, right before I came on here, just a little time before, uh, Sean Smith, Hungry Southerner, gave me a call, and I was chatting with him for a minute, and I thought, man... I'm getting ready. I'm thinking about Turf Truth. He's on my brain. And here's the guy who everybody thinks is Turf Truth, but really isn't. And it sent me down this, like, you know that, like, you're talking to somebody on the telephone and you have that quick thought spiral where they're talking, but you're thinking about something completely else and spinning up this whole thing in your head. And I thought, man, Turf Truth. And then I thought, well, I thought about Turf Truth. And I thought, what if I had a soil of my own, you know, kind of like my own, but I didn't know it was in it. And then that got me to thinking, well, then, Sean, I picked up something else he said, and he said he was going to the lake with his boys this weekend. And I thought, man, what if I had a lake house lawn? Wouldn't that be a model life for me to live? And so that's just kind of where I'm at. My head was in the clouds until we had this conversation right now. I had to get it out there, right? So I'm excited to have Castleberry, though, tonight because this guy, he is the most uncontroversial person you'll ever meet. You know, he literally is like center field, right? He is like the main street of turf, right? He he does no wrong. He just shows you what he's got. He does his thing, and everybody's happy, and I'm glad to have him on. So welcome, sir. Welcome. Ray, what are you up to tonight? What are you doing? Well, let's see. I'm just uh, thinking about what's on my plate tomorrow. What are you thinking, a ribeye or, you know, a big, big, juicy burger? What do you, what do you get? Oh, yeah. Or some, no. some Pilex Sencor and Fusillade, you know, to go out and smoke something. <laughs> no, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna do one, one better in that uh, I'm probably going to be laying waste to another several acres of uh, trees and vines. 
I oh smell fluoroxapyr gonna... in your future, baby. Fluoroxapyr is not allowed in Hawaii. Oh, man. But I thought you were going to say treasonous monsters or something like that. It almost sounded like <laughs> no. you're going to go after treason. No, but uh, <laughs> but I, what I was after telling Sunday. you, yeah, after Sunday, yeah, I know. Yeah, wait till. But, <laughs> but Ryan, the good yes. news is, is that I can get my hands on the real tree killer here in Hawaii. What? What's that? Steel chainsaw? Oh no! What, there you go. What used What used to be Imprelis? Oh, you were telling me about that. Yeah. So you know, real quick, because you know we like to talk about products and everything like this. And Castleberry might not even know about this, right? Uh, about the Wonder product that really was amazing, but had to go away for. Why don't you just tell real quick, give them the background, Matt. Maybe you can jump in here too, because I'm sure you sprayed a lot of it. I sprayed a lot of it. I found it to be a fantastic product. Just if you kept it about ooh, 10 to 15 to 20 feet away from any tree, particularly. <laughs> yeah. Ray. Yeah. Imprelis was the amazing product for clover and wild violets, especially in cool season lawns use rate on it was i think approximately three to four ounces per acre however uh things like juniper cypress arborvitae spruce uh and you know fir trees were allergic to even trace amounts of it such that a label rate application of it in a lawn would cause all of the trees to mysteriously become sick and die. And in, and at that time, I believe it was DuPont that yes. was yep. the marketer of that product. And by the way, DuPont just has bad luck with turf and ornamental products. DuPont has been like the leader of just absolute screw ups. Shed, fu I mean, shed fires. Shed, shed fires. Fire, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Not only because... shed fires, but you, you got to you got to remember the part where you know they came out and they said, "Well, you know, we'll, we'll pay you like a thousand bucks a tree," and everybody that was like Matt saying, "I, you know what? I'm going to take this garden hose and I'm going to put out an entire structure fire in my backyard." <laughs> And then the fire department showing up and being like, "Was this guy on bath salts? Like, what the hell is he doing with that car? What's he doing?" me. The guy Heisman posed me right out of the way, toting a fire, a charged fire hose over his shoulder. Stiff arm me, sir. Back up, you tool. My bad. Go ahead, take it out. Yeah, normally with my with my with my stretchy hose, you know the the grant the, the zero G stretchy hose. Oh it's man, like, it's like twenty feet too short, and I'm thumbing it over the edge and trying to hit. Oh. Just, just be patient and keep spraying the same spot. It won't be so embarrassing when the fireman <laughs> stiff arms me to the ground and just like stomps all over it. And he's got a damn hook and he's just yanking it all to the ground and smashing it. And 
I was like, so boy, I am. What, I mean, what was the conversation after they put it out is what I want to know. Uh, yeah, it was exactly like this. I am so humiliated. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I'm so stupid. I am so sorry. And the guy just looked at, at that me every like, day. shut up and just went right on back about his business. And then the, the, the chief came up and, uh, and she was a real nice lady. And she was like, uh, 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 don't worry about it. This happens more common than you would think. I was like, really? People burning their grass and shutting, setting structures on fire? Said, yeah, yeah, it's common. I was like, okay. I'm not alone out here. Just, nice. There are more of me. Did you go back to the scrunchy hose review video and, and leave it a negative comment? You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you got the affiliate link. That, that would have been the real like, full circle YouTube number for you as a, as a creator would have been, man, I'm going to Missed opportunity. Like, it was. Absolutely. I, can I go back and, and redo the review with like live reenactments of, uh, of everything that was going on? Yes. <laughs> wait, wait till Thanksgiving. Wait till Thanksgiving and deep fry a frozen turkey. Oh, start a fire with a frozen turkey and a deep fryer and then try and put it out with the zero G because everybody yeah. knows oil fires and water go real well together. Right. And it's that, perfect. And yeah. Just make sure to, to reach out to them. So they send you, you know, like three or four free ones and you just connect them all together and stretch it for like a football field and, and do it that way. <laughs> so don't do like it in going. my kitchen is what you're saying. Yeah, don't. I mean, at that point, at that point, you probably want to wait to call the fire department until it's really at a total loss. Yeah, that's, that'd be my job. <laughs> yeah. probably, probably. Honey, we're gonna we're gonna give we'll it fifteen minutes or so policy. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See what we're covering. Kids aren't going to college. Yeah, I got a wild so hair up my ass. So now that we've covered, uh, you know, Ray, Ray did get a little bit of death talk in there and we've covered insurance fraud. Let's get to the grass, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And let's start, right. let's start with a, uh, let's start with the soil test. Uh, and so Casper, yeah. let's get, let's get a little bit of a background here. Where do you live? What kind of grass are you growing? How long you been there? What have you done to it? Just give us a little history. All right. So living in the U S of a starters right america there it is america utah we are in utah we are in northern utah about 30 minutes north of salt lake city uh we are growing kentucky bluegrass and what was the other questions i kind of spaced out when you were talking uh, how long you had it uh what have you done to it if anything um, there it is that kind of fun stuff <clears throat> so we haven't even been here a year yet uh, so we haven't had, I mean, this will be our first growing season. We moved in right at the beginning of January. Uh, when we moved in, we really focused on the backyard first because there was no backyard. Uh, the previous homeowners, they had, I think it was three or four dogs and they had torn up probably two thirds of the grass and it was just all dirt. And then they put down two cement pads back there on top of the existing sprinkler system and left a third of the grass just left to do whatever. So uh, we had to come in and redo the entire sprinkler system. We had to bring in topsoil uh, and then we decided to go with sod instead of throwing down seed because we have 
two very extremely rambunctious boys that we were bathing constantly from being out in the dirt and the mud and that just got old quick. So we wanted grass as quickly as possible back there. So we decided to go the trash grass route and throw down some sod. So did that, uh, gave it one fertilizer, gave it one feeding of fertilizer. I uh, can't even remember the analysis on it. That's how insignificant it was. Um, Cause we did not I, like maybe a quarter of a pound of nitrogen and that was it. And then uh, the lawn gods turned on us and jacked our temperatures up literally overnight into triple digits. Uh, we're getting upwards of a hundred degrees. And then we had grubs creep in and we had water restrictions put in place. So it was a perfect crap storm for us to just throw down sod and have a lot of it just slowly crumble and die. So that's the quick and dirty of it. Wow. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. A really good time. Oh, it was so great. It was so fun to watch. (laughs) So fun to watch it just shrivel up and die in front of your eyes. Uh, you know, in that but, case, I, I'll be. Honest, I, I'm going to say that there's not a ton that you could have done with that, especially with the water restrictions in place. Like, maybe you overcome some of that heat, but with no root system and water restriction, like, and new sod, like that's just absolute worst nightmare. So, I, I wouldn't be kicking myself. Those are external factors you can't really control. You just have to manage through. So, present day, right? We've got the soil test. Was this, uh, let's let's talk about the soil test real quick. So that was before you did the sod, or has this been since that you've actually taken the sample? So that was before we put down the sod. Okay. We took samples back there. So um, this was probably <clears throat> a week or two before the sod arrived that we took those samples and sent them off. I mean... Ray, are you seeing anything jump out here? I mean, it doesn't look it's other than the pH. Like, you can work with this. You got an opportunity here, right? The the, the other thing that's just kind of uh, yelling at me is the magnesium levels and the potassium levels and the pH. That's just yelling at me right now because uh, any more. And you might as well be trying to grow grass on a bag of dolomite lime. I mean, Is that, that possible, just, sir? Just, it's been done. It's been done. But then if somebody pr- tries to do it without addressing it, uh, let's just say that you start to break one of the green docks rules. And... I have I have rules regarding growing grass. You are allowed to have one thing wrong that you're not going to fix, you can't fix, etc. And you just you know mitigate all other factors. But if you have more than one thing wrong, and you think you're going to have an easy time growing and maintaining grass when there's multiple things wrong. Uh, think again. And right now what you got is you got like 
strike one and strike two, which would be pH and magnesium, and then needing to abide by water restrictions is called strike three, you're out. That's what my grass said. That's funny. I would be <laughs> much less pessimistic um, and say yeah. that uh, yes, your, your magnesium is high. Yes. Your soil pH is high, but in terms of your nutrient densities here, really the things that you would need to buy are so small that, uh, it would be effectively very cheap to maintain this yard, uh, assuming Agreed. you can get water on it, it because Explain how much rainfall do you get through the course of a year? Like how dependent on your irrigation system are you? Very, because I can count on one hand how many times it rained this summer. So, okay. But so here's the thing in Utah, we have secondary water, which is owned privately, right? So it's one fee at the beginning of the year. I think I paid 250 bucks for the whole year. And you can theoretically water as much as you want. So that's kind of nice, right? So if I wanted to run it three times a day, every day of the week, in theory, I could do that. But given this summer, as dry as it's been, uh, one of the worst droughts on record, I believe, they they restricted that. The city came in, told all the companies, like, we got to lock it down. So. We just could not get water onto the turf. Nobody around here could. Turfs were dying left and right. On top of that, even before the heat crept in, and this is where the grubs came in, we had a Japanese beetle invasion. And when we moved into the house, Utah State University came around and sprayed specifically our city and North Salt Lake to treat for Japanese beetles in turf. Um. At the time, that was just the front yard. They didn't touch the backyard because there was no grass back there. It was just dirt. They didn't worry about it. But what we didn't factor in was where the sod came from, which was about an Uh hour and a half north of where I live, and bringing those grubs down here. And I kicked myself for not treating right away because, stupid me, I did find one while I was rolling the sod out. And I said, it's one. Not that big of a deal. Won't be a problem. They sprayed all around the area. We have traps all over the city. Shouldn't be a problem. It was a problem. Hmm. I gotta say, I have (laughs) never heard of a Japanese beetle situation so bad that someone is contracted to come spray an entire city. That's the first I've ever heard of that. Did they do that in Columbus? No, um, I've seen them do it other parts of the Midwest, right? What? Where they're like insane populations. Yeah. There was just a tweet that, uh, go look at, uh, Ben McGraw from Penn state. He just tweeted something here earlier this evening about, uh, jet beetles in Pennsylvania and super high population. So again, what? Ray, an absolutely yeah. weird year for <clears throat> insects, right? You got, yeah, we totally had weird here. We had army worms, like, and then you got Castleberry up there. Guys just trying to make an honest living, put a little sod out there <laughs> in the backyard for kids. And the Japanese and then and beetle ray came uh, came up. But then there's precedent for that because 
You know, in the 1950s and the 1960s, that is when, guys, most of the United States, where there were Japanese beetles, got sprayed in mass in the 1950s and the 1960s. And guess what they were doing it with? DDT. Chloridane. Aldrin. Dieldrin. You know, literally in the 1950s and the 1960s, they were aerially spraying entire states. But because they did that, that is when the environment became, I guess, heavily contaminated and birds and fish started dying and people like Rachel Carson then spring. Seized, seized on it because you're right, because for the adult Japanese beetles eating the trees, leaves off the of trees, they would aerially apply DDT from helicopters. <laughs> yeah, they they would be flying DDT over forests for Japanese Kids, beetles, get- and of course, you just don't do that. I mean, now we know. <laughs> Imagine all the. Were you about to say, kids, go we- go run around and play in it? Is that what you were about to say? No, the, I was about to say, hey, kids, go outside, and look at the helicopter. It's flying around again. <laughs> like you know that happened. You know that happened. You know, it wasn't like hey, no, oh, yeah. Was, oh, you know. they're spraying mist on us too. It's so much fun. I love it. I love I'm, it. It's- I'm picturing. I'm picturing Schwarzenegger from that movie saying, "Get to the chopper." Like that's <laughs> totally there. You know, there's some kids it, that took a bath in that stuff. Oh, here's what's here's wild. what's interesting. So the extension office is the one who contracted local sprayers to go out and treat for these. And so I asked the guy when he stopped by, I'm like, when's the last time you've had to do this? And I think he said it was like the early 80s is when they had a problem here in the state of Utah. And they have tried to control it for years. And this is the first big outbreak that they've had since then. And I mean, everybody was just losing their minds. I mean, like I said, if you drive around the city right now, the traps are just hanging everywhere because they are that bad. So. Hmm. Little that is very hurried up on this. <clears throat> that is well, this gonna have to be, there's gotta be there's gotta be some article somewhere for a burner return. That sounds like a good burner return topic to dive into. Yeah. I was just looking at uh Ben McGraw's uh uh Twitter here and you're you're right, man. I mean it is big up in, in PA too. That's crazy. Look at look at that damage. Look oh at that guy look at, yeah. look at that. <laughs> look at that. He's that's he's the, got the half the K's got the half oh, cobra. Gonna, uh, he's right doing there. the half cobra right there, uh, admiring his dirt stripes. Uh, shout out <laughs> because that is the that's the crap I'm there. getting fired look right there, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the all right. So I haven't updated my resume since when? Oh, all right, <laughs> get back and do that. Oh man, yeah, sweetheart, get the well, boxes out, start packing. <laughs> Yeah, I knew I should have bought a Celebrant. I knew I should have bought a Celebrant. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, why, why isn't that? How shall I say, a thing? Because as far as insect pest prevention, I'm, I'm all about that. Because like you know, on on newly laid sod, 
especially if it's Zoisha Sod, uh, I go a little ham on it as far as the pest prevention goes. Well, so here's because, the one thing that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, though, right, is for, for Castleberry, tell, you tell me this, right, and make sure my understanding is correct. He does this sod, right, and then gets mm-hmm. very little rain and is not able to get a whole bunch of water on it, right? The active in acelaprin needs a ton of water. It is a highly insoluble molecule, right? So it can mm-hmm. get up into the plant. I'm not sure even how successful that would have been, right? So maybe some imidacloprid over the top and trying to push it down in or something like that, but or actually, I'll, you know, just straight I'll tell you what, what I do for you know soil insects is two of the most, I guess, soluble and mobile compounds, which would be number one, dilox, plus clothianidin or mm. also known as arena. And the reason why I, I, I elect for arena is arena is very mobile in the soil. So a little bit of water will bring that down into the root zone where it starts to work. Makes sense. Is, I was, makes sense. Go ahead. Well, so it, Paul. I have no idea what I was going to say. Matt was about to chime in, so I was going to let him take the stage. Yeah. So, well, I was just going to say where where you 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 went through uh, catastrophic loss here. So, what's your plan? Well, what are you doing? What does that look like? I I wouldn't say it was catastrophic loss. I would say it. All right, half of it. Half of it probably is toast, right? So that's why. I mean, you can see in the picture there, especially right on that corner where the irrigation box there and directly across from it in that corner. And then just kind of along the edges is where a lot of it was toast. So the plan, we just scalped it down as low as I could get it, raked it like crazy, dethatched it like crazy, ripped stuff out, right? They would just, it just came up like butter, just ripped that out by hand. And then just took some topsoil, filled in those areas, and then we overseeded. I mean, I think, I so, think that's all you can do. And i got to say this, and this is interesting. I would, I would like to, if I could rotate these pictures, I'm going to try and do that while we're talking. I'm going to rotate these pictures. I think you have poor irrigation coverage. Oh, what absolutely. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The irrigation heads that I put in, uh, I'm not happy with them at all. Um, we chose not to redo those yet because we're probably going to be reducing the amount of turf that's back there. Um, because we're going to be putting in some trees and some landscaping beds, things of that nature. So at this point, I'm not really going to rip up heads, redo them or anything like that until we start doing some serious landscaping back there. And then at that point, that's when I'll really worry about it. But having said that, I have gone in there and meticulously just change coverage, adjust the nozzles, done everything I can possibly do with what I have in order to get as get a good coverage back there. So I'm getting head-to-head coverage. Um, I just The nozzles that are on there, I'm not happy with them. 
the heads again. I can't remember what the heads were. I had written it down somewhere, but um, it's okay. I, I wouldn't say that it's terrible because the soil is getting, it's getting wet. The, the turf is getting water, but it could absolutely be way better, especially along the edges. I mean, I, I definitely could be doing better there. So, uh, and I, I, for the sake of conversation too, I'm curious, I'm looking at your backyard here. I see your neighbors have trees up to the fence. What are you thinking yep. tree wise of going in with? Yeah. So, um, this is where I should probably have my wife step in. If she's listening, maybe she can text me and tell me the ones we picked out. Um, right in the corners there. So in your far left in the back left, mm-hmm. we're going to plant a, uh, freak. You put me on the spot. Um, freak. I can't remember. Make you uncomfortable. You're doing a <laughs> freaking fantastic job. I need you to think it's a it. red. Is it red point maple? A maple of some I think it's, it's a red, red point maple, I think is what we went with. Okay. Or we're going to go with. So they're in that corner and then over in the other corners, same thing. So two in those two corners, a little bit out sure. from the fence and do some, uh, you know, stonework around that and along the edges on the far left there. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to plant some trees in those corners. And I think it's red point maples that we're going with. So dear, if you're listening, come correct me. Uh, are you doing uh, some shrubbery too? No, probably not. Just throwing a couple trees. Not in a fan. And some some carrots, yeah. some flavor, some flavor, a little bit of color. That's about it. So, I uh, yeah, no shrubs. I'm not a fan of shrubs. I'm not. I don't like them. Hey, you know, to each their own. I heard oh, nothing sorry, that you Ryan. said, but I'm sure it was in. I said, I said, you know why I like the red maple? Why is that? Oh, Canada. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, where you are in land. Utah, I'm looking on a map right here. It's probably what? A 23-minute drive to the Canadian border? Something like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. It was totally a joke. <laughs> That'll never happen. Some What? <laughs> it's the only America! red that's acceptable on the flag. America. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get a shirt for you at GIE that is just like cut off from like about Texas on over up to the Ohio River and across to about Baltimore. And I'm just gonna put Matt's States of America. Because that's really <laughs> that's all that matters, right? Right? That's right. If you ain't in the if you ain't in the SEC, just get up on out of here, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so, hey, Golly. funny story about that. Everyone here in Utah thinks the University of Utah is the only college football team in, in the States. And I they, they for the life of them, think, you talk to them like, oh, we had that perfect season where we beat Alabama. Long, dramatic pause. <laughs> I stare at them and go, what'd you do since? And that's it. They have nothing to say. It's like, yeah. So, hang on. Let's 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 go through this here. Where are you from, Castleberry? Atlanta, Georgia. Born and raised. (laughs) SEC country. Look, do you see it back there? You see it 
right I back there, saw right? it back there, and I, you know, it it made me cringe UGK. a little bit because you know I. You'll I, be all I'm right. Not, it's not I'm orange. Not I know. Blah blah blah. Go Vols. Blah blah blah. Yeah yeah yeah. But I was proud to see it back there. That's all I was gonna. That's all I was gonna get at. And what's funny is that for someone from Georgia, you do not have a stereotypical Southern accent. And that's oh, nice ho- because ho- you get to go represent the South and the rest of the world and not sound like a buffoon. And I'm, I mean, so it, it come out every now and then when I need to. I, I, I keep it in back pocket when I need to come out. Come on out every now and then. So, you know, someone mess with me, I tell, I jack you up, son. <laughs> I get my mouth deal. We going town. <laughs> the, like I swear, like the two, the last two people I talked to from Georgia are uh brian who we had on the show way back when see brian go and then castleberry and my yankee ass for the life of me <laughs> they sound nothing like anything i would expect from nothing. georgia right like nothing. no like <laughs> i'm i'm expecting a big old drawl like this and i got nothing so i you, the, the, the i don't know what happened misrepresented now uh, yeah, I know. It's it's well, it's Hotlanta weird. is is you know it's a it's, it's a melting pot. A, a it's a metropolitan area. You know, I mean, it's you you're you're definitely exposed to to the world in Atlanta. I and, and so I'm not, I've got the I got the correction. Go I have to divulge from this conversation because the boss, my turf boss, piped in and says Red Point Maple and City Sprite Zelkova. Oh, Ooh, a Zelkova. Okay, nice. so yes. Zelkova okay. is a hybrid from. Uh, well, I may be wrong. I'm looking it up here. They're they're uh, Japanese. I was thinking of uh, the Chinese elms. I thought a Zelkova was a hybrid of a Chinese elm. I was wrong. Uh, she also says Mesh Mesh uh, Zelkova, probably for the okay. front, and then most likely an aspen. And an aspen. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing some things there. So, yeah. Not too bad. That's, that's why I've got her. Look, everybody always says she's behind the channel. She's the brains. She's the turf boss. And that's why. <laughs> there you go. There's the prime example, right? Hey. No, I get it. I get it. Have you met my wife? All, she kicks my ass once we, a week, whether I need it or not. And that's just the way <laughs> I prefer to live. Hey, the last time I was around your wife was at a conference and she literally slapped me upside the head because I said, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I, yes. Slaps you upside the head and said, what? Like, I'm sorry. I- My wife does not appreciate people that bow out early. How about that? Uh, <sighs> I learned gets, that lesson it, the hard way. It gets her heart rate going and she will smack the shit out of you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Honey, oh, no. Oh. Oh no! I mean, that—that's uh, <laughs> you know what that is. Remember what I warned you about, Matt. She's got samurai blood, man. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> no, that's that's got nothing to do with it. I'm talking about <laughs> the partying, okay? Well, because that she just, is Japanese. You see, yeah, and you see, I'm American. You know not Japanese. So for me, it's called, I don't care by about 11 o'clock. I'm looking for my bed. That's it. You know, because that's, that's, I cannot stay. I cannot stay up late and drink. I mean, I turned in my Japanese card. I mean, 
If you're Asian, yes, you will be drinking at two or three o'clock in the morning. That's that's the rule. If you're Asian, you drink till you're two or three in the the morning. (laughs) But I don't do that. (laughs) Ray drinks his Italian roast, and that's that's his anti-drug. So hey, everybody's (laughs) got one, right? It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I, I didn't hear. I'm sorry. I, oh, boy. Only, here we go. Paul remembers. I saw that. Upside the head. So. <laughs> he deserved it. I remember. I that did. Night. Yeah. Don't tell him. The six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Castleberry. <laughs> Somebody hit the hit the bleep button before we go too far. We can't get too controversial. Pineapple juice. Pineapple juice. (laughs) (laughs) You have to blink blink twice when you say the safe word too. That's (laughs) pineapple juice. All right, so I will I will say this: the seed I went with. All right. Yeah. What did you? I went with, with. I went with. Wheatlands, I'm looking at it right now. It's Wheatlands Cache Valley Turf Blend. So it's a Yellowstone Kentucky bluegrass, a Majesty Perennial Ryegrass, Hampton Kentucky bluegrass, and Oracle Creeping Red Fescue. I'm not no. I, I'm not too thrilled with it. I wanted to go 100% all Kentucky blue. But again, like I said in my last video, we had a budget to work with. Turf, turf culture. He and I talked, he pointed me in the direction of some good seed, uh, some 365 SS, I believe. And I was going to go with that. But with everything else that we have to do, we had to stay within a certain number, certain budget. So that's what we went with. I went up to my local co-op and uh, we snagged 20 pounds of that. And that's what we threw down. Thought, thoughts on that mix. Everybody's been saying we're going to be all right. That's a good mix. Say it again. Kentucky so it's blue, a perennial rye, and creeping no, red. No, but he said, uh, he Speci- said okay, so yeah, specifically, specifically, go ahead and call again. it's a Yellowstone Kentucky bluegrass, Majesty uh-huh. perennial ryegrass, Hampton Kentucky uh-huh. bluegrass, and an Oracle creeping red fescue. You know, 70, I think you're going to be fine. 70% Kentucky blue, 20% rye, 10% creeping red. So the rye will be gone in like three years. The creeping red is going to give you some fast germination, good cover, and I don't know if the uh, the the bluegrass will probably crowd it out. Hopefully, I mean, typically in those situations, the fescue is going to be a nurse grass, right, just to help things get established because you got a little bit slower germinators, especially in Hampton. The good news is I don't know much about Yellowstone, but Hampton is an absolute root monster, right? It it doesn't look like like the best up top in terms of like if you were going to compare it to against super elite varieties right but in a blend or a mixture it's a solid performer right it it generates a crap ton of roots and i think you'll be pretty happy with it especially given your climate where you know your ability to pull water from the soil is at a premium right because you don't have much in there and you can't water much so roots are your friend like that is your number one just like anybody with cool season grass is you got to grow roots. And so at this time of year, if you're overseeding or if you're managing an existing lawn, grow those roots as best as you can make through the winter time, grow them as much as you can in the springtime and then hold on for dear life in the summertime. 
Yeah. Don't let everybody see That's you watering the water. That's what separates the men from the boys, right? No. Disconnect your water meter. You know, tap <laughs> into a fire hydrant down the street in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know, all the dirty tricks that Ray would do to make it happen if he had to, right? I'll just run a hose yeah. over the fence to my neighbor back there that's got the uh, McMansion and just uh, run their water bill. Yeah. Uh, I mean, why not? Interesting. Totally- so I looked up uh, uh, Hampton here, and its nickname is the Root <clears throat> Monster. Lord have mercy. I remember the marketing there. Yeah. It, it, no, it really is. It's 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 a solid grass. I put it in – I spec it in just about every – bluegrass mix that we do right or bluegrass blend just because of that particular characteristic like anytime you you're making you know a mixture or a blend right you're selecting for high performance in one certain area with one variety over another like there's seldom going to be there's a there's very few if you look at the NTEPs of uh top performers that score well in just about every category like those are unicorns they almost don't exist and so you have to sit there and say, okay, hey, let's pick one that's good with disease resistance. Let's just say, I'm just talking very general and arbitrarily here, but one that's good with disease resistance, one that's good with drought tolerance, one that's good with color, one that's good with spring green up and, um, you know, whatever. And that's how you build, right, a, a good a good mix or a good blend. Now, when you get into commodity blends, like, you know, your, your co-op mix is probably a little bit better than the commodity blend that you'd buy in a Scotts bag or a bad pa- bag of Pennington. And if they listen to this and they get upset, Hey, you know what you're doing. We know what you're doing. It's okay. Everybody has to have the Toyota Corolla of grasses, right? Like somebody has got to sell that and it's you like, just be proud of that. Right? So yeah. On the flip side of that, you've got the high end cultivars and yeah, they're expensive and they're only going to get more expensive. I just saw updated seed prices here that came out September 1st. And it's going to get real stupid, boys, real quick. So, Ray, your $5 a square foot sod is actually sounding more like a reality every single day here in the States. Who knows where this whole thing goes? I think, well, what did you do with paper sod? That's, I, mean, I was also curious about that when I, when I saw your oh, yeah. sod. I forgot to ask. Yeah, what'd you pay for that? So, we, at the time, it was 100 and no, I'm sorry, $1,200 total. I think a little over $1,200 total. Um, I think it was six or seven pallets. So somebody I hate did a quick you. and dirty math on that. So $100, I hate you. $200 a pallet. Yeah. Yeah. I I hate you. <laughs> 40, 40, yeah. 40, You're welcome. 40 cents a square foot. Around 40 cents a square yeah. foot. Maybe a little more. <laughs> hey, here, oh, right? Here's the here's Even better, we didn't use all of it and I sold it. So. Well, you know what? No, you know what? You know what? You know what really bur- burns me is that should you Fire. need to repair something like pest damage in it, you just go out and order twenty five pounds of seed. I can't do that. I got to no. go back to the sod farm that the sod came from and get some more. And don't do that. I mean, wait till you've had to see $5 a square foot sod ball. <laughs> I saw that. I know what yeah. that is because I had, a, I had an <laughs> ex-girlfriend that would, that would do that gesture all the time. And I said, 
Lord, you're mean. <laughs> Ray, Ray, Ray did, she, did she help you find your sod stretcher? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. No. All right. So forty cents a square foot. That's a, that's about the going rate, right? So. You know what? That just like reminded me. Like it, you sold that second hand. There's probably like a business to be had there of like you know the people that like pick up all the baked goods and like donate them to you know the homeless shelter or the food you know the food pantry or something like that. You could go around Castleberry to like all the Home Depots that sell that overpriced sod. Just lay it out, yep. water it for like two weeks, and let it bounce back, and then sell it for like full price. Like I think you could totally cottage industry right here. Castleberry in huh. a truck going around all the Home Depots and Lowe's and just picking up their I gotta make sure, leftover. I got to make sure to put my name on the side of the truck with that mailbox lettering, right? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Just make it look super sketch. So no <laughs> lie, when when I was in Memphis, there was, a, uh, there was a guy who used to run in one of the routes that I ran, and he had a white F-150. This was like a, you know, late 80s, 88 maybe. And his sign on the side was spray paint, just plain old lawn care. That's it. Just lawn care? <laughs> just plain old Not lawn even care. his name. Just lawn just care. Just plain old O-L-E lawn care. Just plain old lawn care. That was it. And, uh, and he had his charter number too because, I mean, he was like, it was his legit business. And he was one of those guys in, in Memphis. We had this fad of painting dormant Bermuda blue um, with that when you did your pre-emergent applications. And that all kind of yeah. started when uh, when everybody started using AquaCap because it was super yellow. The pendimethalone was super yellow. And it would stain the, the dormant grass yellow. And so you'd add blue dye to it and it would have a little bit more of a green tinge to it, right? Well, it just kind of kept <laughs> on and, you know, you had... Uh, it, it, that's just where it, like beauty lawn, you know, they painted everything blue and, you know, they had a special method of spraying to make sure it was nice and neat and with beautiful lines <laughs> in it and stuff. So it's funny, you know, just plain old lawn care guy got out there, painted it up. Paint it blue. Got to paint know. it blue. But he did a good job. I mean, he really did for being just plain old lawn care. He, he did it right. Um, I mean, I so, think we can get, we can get, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you're seeding. Uh, if if nobody saw the last video, you did a significant amount of work in it. Uh, I assume you've gotten seed down so far. And yes, are you still under water restrictions? Uh, so <laughs> that's an interesting question. So the reason I went through and broke my back to do all of that work is I found out from a neighbor literally the day before she said the water's getting shut off today. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I, I still haven't even seeded my lawn. Like I've got this grass seed. I plan on doing this, all this stuff in the fall in like a month's time. And they're going to shut the water off like a month early. Um, so I call up the irrigation company. I'm like, what's the scoop here? My neighbor says water's getting shut off tomorrow. The website says September 20th. What What's the real scoop? And so they said that they were going to shut the water off on September 20th. And the day that we started this process, it was last Friday is when we started. So what was the date on that? Uh, the sixth, the fourth, uh, no. the, the third. No. Yeah. The this third was uploaded the eighth. Yeah. The so first, we uploaded that at the third. beginning of the week. Third, we started on the third. 
And here in the backyard, that was the next following Saturday on the 4th. And so my window is 16 days before they shut off the water. And so I I said, all right, well, screw restrictions. We're going balls to the wall with this. I am going to set the sprinklers to go three times a day, every day until they shut it off to get that seed, keep it moist and, and get it to germinate. So we threw the seed out. I set the sprinklers to do exactly that three times a day uh, to keep it moist, to up my chances of germination, to get it going. So, yeah. So you're in a legit scramble for the end of the season. I I am. And I didn't want to be. I, I wanted my plan was to wait towards the end of September because, again, uh, we were talking in the pre-show. It got up to 95 degrees today. It was about 66 this morning and felt great, nice, cool weather. But then by noon, you know, mid afternoon, it's just, it's blazing hot outside. So and this is what nothing's is in my favor. Your area. In your area, like when you go, you go from being 95 during the day to all of a sudden like snows down, don't you? Yeah. There's like no in between. It's just you go straight from like hot as yeah. hell. The snow season yeah it's really annoying people out here is like hey if you like the weather wait five minutes and it just makes me want to punch people in the teeth and they say it but they're exactly they're they're right it it happens i mean again this morning 66 degrees after lunch 95 degrees and everything's roasting so it's not it's not favorable at all right but again if i'm gonna throw seed out i'm gonna water it I have to, like, there's no question about that. So if I've got a, what is it? A 16 day window to get this seed to try and germinate. Um, I, I'm going to jump on it. I'm not going to waste my money and sit on the seed until spring. I'm going to try and get it out this fall and see what happens. So. Yeah, hmm. that's tough. That's tough. I mean, uh, was that the wrong move? I, I, I honestly sit there and question myself. Do I sit on it and wait till spring? Or do I scramble and try to get it out now? And obviously I opted to scramble, right? Was it a bad move? Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Because what if next summer or next spring, you're on water restriction right out of the gate again? Like, what if? Because uh, drought, drought is not a... Once a year thing, I mean, I tend to think of drought in terms of a decadal thing. So you might be right in getting your lawn back up right now so that at least you have grass uh, come next spring. And, and, you know, that's kind of my thought. And that's, that's, that's kind of my approach to it right now. Something is better than nothing. Right. And what, whatever I can do right now, whatever I can control, I'm going to do that and, and see what the result of that's going to be. In this case, it was scrambling and work, breaking my back to, to get all the crap out of there so that I could get the seed down get some seed to soil contact, water it like crazy, give it some food and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You got some really favorable weather coming up. And if you can keep water to it for 16 days, like you're going to have something like Hampton will get up within 14 days for sure. Like for sure. 
I'm not sure about Yellowstone. Like those are going to be the ones I'd be worried about. You know, your your bluegrass varieties. Yeah. Um, overall, though, you know, if you can nurse it through there, and then I think you're going to have a shot because the the weather I'm seeing here, you start getting down into the sixties and seventies for highs. Like it's going to be real favorable. So just to understand this, like when you say it's off, like there is no water at all that you can put on your lawn. Like you can't even use your primary water to go out there and pay for it like per gallon to water the lawn, like nothing. Correct. I, I, I could, but there's another factor here. I'm cheap money and, yeah. and the turf boss keeps a very tight budget. So yeah. once that secondary water goes off, it's probably game off. Now, having said that fall rain is a thing out here. So that's creeping into the winter when all the snow and all that kind of crap is coming. Right. So we could very possibly have some good fall rain come, you know, next month, middle of next month towards the end of, end of October. So fingers crossed. I was afraid to the long gods. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and even if it's like, just say like a two, three week stretch to get you through there, I'm not advocating watering every day, multiple times a day, all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying like, if you get into the danger zone and it's been three, four, five days of, you know, double digit winds and low humidity and lots of sun, like you might have in the fall, like regardless of temperature, it might be time to just flip it on. Just hey, give it 10 minutes. Just give it something to keep that crown hydrated and just keep it alive, not vibrant, not growing, you know, super awesome and, and everything like that. Just keep it alive and keep your investment there right so that's all i would say to that and and try to cost it out right call the water company and just say hey if i use x number of ccf like what am i going to pay for that is there a price bake yeah. if i go over a certain amount that kind of thing so you know i'm i'm, I'm all about the numbers right like i i, wa- I would want to know too right and i would look at it as okay what did i spend on the seed what did i spend in time to get it all out heartache everything like that and is it worth a hundred bucks extra, you know, maybe to throw it out just a little bit of water, a little bit of water to keep it alive after those water restrictions. Yeah. So just something to think about. I'm not saying like go <laughs> ape with it and, you know, tell the turf boss that I might've left the sprinklers on for like 60 minutes today. Oops. Like <laughs> not like that, but certainly that I'll could just, happen. I'll just right? tell her so if she's watching. You can be forgetful, I'll right, just... Paul? Like it, it, it happens, you know. I Matt have no idea how this Dr. Pepper came into the house. I have no idea where it came that, from. You know what? We, said it, we sent that to you as a gift, right? We there somehow, some way, it got in your possession. So, Jay Pink, our producer, gift. is very good at gifts. It was a gift. It was a gift. I, I, I got to say, ne- I think I like the comment that came through the nectar of the gods. That's right. So, uh, bags of ice, slow release. Uh, what they call it slow release all natural cooling agent maybe we could just get tons oh, yeah. of ice and just toss that over to the yard so don't what do you what do you think the affiliate link's going to pay on that like maybe about 5 cents a pound what what are we what are we going for here ah uh, that's generous i think links in the description yeah. below links in the description <laughs> find it in the description below uh, make sure to use the code castle76 uh to get <laughs> no free shipping no for yeah no yeah that's gonna be expensive to ship yeah yeah go to your local go to your local gas station go to the wawa 
and uh, pick you up a little bit of ice. Well, That's right. let's talk. Let's talk fertility on this lawn, uh, because if there's anywhere you can save some money, it's there. Uh, yeah, because well, you really so, don't need to get well, all crazy. No, and even before you get to that, let let's throw this out there. In total, oh boy, maybe four thousand square feet, maybe the front yard oh, just enough be. to round it up and calls it a thousand. Backyard again. Just enough, rounded up, call it 3,000. So when I went and got my fertilizer from the co-op, I got a 50-pound bag of it. That's that's going to stretch me Two for years, like 10 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years. At least. 30 what? years. <laughs> Micro. Or a couple well, applications, so but either or. <laughs> is, the, is this co-op? Okay, so that was, that was a question I was going to ask. Is this like a, a real deal co-op or is this like a, a city folk co-op? Like what kind of what kind of selection do we have here? Do you feel good Can about you buy the chickens type there? fertilizer type? <laughs> yes. Like a live chicken. The fertilizer plant is literally across the road from it where okay. they manufacture it place. and bag it. There it's, we go. This is my place. Yeah. I, so okay. I, I walk in, I'm like, all right, where is this manufactured? Like <laughs> the guy looked over the counter and he's like, Right over there. You see them tall <laughs> silos over there, them some bitches full urea right now. That's that's right. Yeah. And and this dude was like I, he's a good old boy. I think they do. No, out they don't in the badlands, so. maybe. Silos like got some bitch full of urea. I think right. they took that barge urea right across the salt lake and, and put it into the silo. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's what that's what Matt would want. He'd really he'd really like to see that happen. All right, so you go to the co-op. So they got everything you need, right? What did they, you pick they up? Really, what was the bag of fertilizer? So that's what I was going to find. And I while I'm searching for that, Matt, you I cut you off because I just don't like hearing you talk. So what <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, uh, pineapple juice. <laughs> Sorry, I had to restrict myself there. Uh, just go get a bag of ammonium sulfate, and uh, and yeah. if your water gets turned back on, then you can start adding some citric acid program. But that's that's it. That's really the only thing you need. Well, so I I was going to go that route in this co op. I called them up, and they said, "Well, we sell that in bulk." Like, All right, well define bulk for me. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to have to buy a pallet of this crap and cart it home? Or what's the deal there? Uh, and he said, no, that just means you have to get your own bags, bring it up here, go across the street and bag it yourself. And we'll charge you per pound. Like, like a man, right. like a real right. man. Listen, uh, that doesn't sound all that bad, right? No. And so I told them, sound bad. I told them what I was wanting to do. It was like, I wanted to get just these street elements to throw down in this yard correct some some ph and, and to get some fertility going he's like man by the time you do that you're practically into our bags of fertilizer that we're just going to bag up over there ourselves anyway and so what he sold me was what they call their summer one with iron that's a 33 10 5 okay so that's over yeah so you've got your 30 percent nitrogen your three percent phosphate 10 percent potash percent sulfur so, so there it's got it is a little right ammonium sulfate in it 
<laughs> a little it bit. Does, it does. from but it's, MAP, ammonium sulfate, urea. I was going to say MAP or two. Yeah. So I only did but one application of that mm -hmm. after the zero, zero, after the trash zero. grass was rolled down, because after that, that's when things just went to crap and the lawn started to die. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to burn this out with vert. So I didn't put anything else down after that and just stayed off the yard. Look at that stuff. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is uh, that is co-op vert right there. If I've ever seen that's it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, if you can get that cheaper than ammonium sulfate, sure. Um, I, but if you can go bag it yourself for cheaper, once you once you burn through it, there's there's no reason you should apply any phosphorus or potassium. Like, there's no reason you have to. How about that? It would all yeah. be luxury, really, based on what you have here. And you don't get a. He's a good salesman. He sold me on his bags. I mean, those two bags. It was fifty bucks for those two bags. And if you got, if million. you went and filled your own bag of ammonium sulfate, it'd probably been like twelve or thirteen dollars, right? Man, because there's something about me where if a lawn doesn't really need something, and based on your soil test, it doesn't need the phosphorus and potassium's kind of you know at an acceptable level. Uh, yeah, you just. All you need is, I agree with Matt, you just need some ammonium sulfate, some elemental sulfur, actually, and citric acid. Because, as I said, what is ringing my alarm the loudest is 7.7. .7. That's the only thing that's ringing my, my alarm. And the reason why it is is because high pH is where your KG, KBG mixes get more things like summer patch and necrotic ring spot disease. Whereas if you get your pH down, you know, to, down to earth, then those diseases are less prevalent. Although you may be fortunate in that because you're in such an arid place, your disease pressure is probably almost non-existent because you got dry yeah. air. You got dry air, say, so... I can't <laughs> imagine that his disease pressure is very high at all, right? You, Ray, you what say do you fungicide think about... around here and people <laughs> just look at you like you're speaking a foreign language. Like, what is that? The St. Georgia no more. No. Yeah. Yeah. You well, fungus? <laughs> <laughs> well, but then Ray, Ray, what about the potassium thing? Because like that, he's above one hundred and fifty. Well, it's not that big of a deal. But here is the other thing I am thinking too: is that without that rain, particularly in the summertime, like he's not going to flush much, if any of this, right? So I am well, only an he's only not going to go ahead. Well, he's not going to lose much if his irrigation keeps on getting restricted in the summer, he's not going to lose much because what I see in this soil is typical of arid areas where there's no leaching from rainfall. And when I say leaching from rainfall, that can even be leaching during the winter months where the grass is not growing and you have like a lot of rain just 
washing all the excess out. Whereas here where you got nothing, you know, as far as rain goes, whatever you got in the soil is not going to move or go away unless you collect clippings. And you're able to push water and push nitrogen to keep on forcing uptake of the other elements and you keep on taking it away as grass clippings. So you're not about to lose much in nutrients unless pushing nitrogen, pushing water, and collecting grass clippings is your actual turf care program. Yeah, I, I just think it can be incredibly simple. You know, Castleberry, because, you know, you're a simple guy and I, I think there's nothing wrong with, you know, even if you sacrifice the pH for now, right, and just live with it. Because it's, you know, for me, it's not that big of a deal breaker. Like, you can work with it, you can live with it, and certainly there's going to be some repercussions and some potential challenges that come from not doing much at all to it. But if you're using acidifying fertilizers, you're going to see a little bit of uh, an improvement in performance, right? So for me, roll with the N only, right? If you can do some citric acid, some sulfur, right? When uh, rainfall is either plentiful or you have access to irrigation, go for it, right? But I'd run that program and just see what you get, right? Because you have ample phosphorus in the soil, right? There's no need to go all in on that and I, I i forgot to ask or i'm not sure if it was mentioned before but you do or do not collect clippings when you mow i do you do okay mm. so again we're not, we're not really we're not gonna <laughs> hey hey listen 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 he's got to he's got to even probably hose these kids off before they even get the opportunity to come inside to take a bath right I've got kids that yeah. play in the backyard. I know it's like Castleberry. You cut the grass, you don't bag, they go and they roll around in it and they come back in covered in grass clippings and you gotta, you know, stand out there like they're Tommy Boy at the gas station. Close it down, right? <laughs> hey, Chuck, yeah, ain't nobody got time like for that. Mine. No. No. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that crap. So So yeah. Ray, you'll you be okay. I collect clippings. You, you, you okay. bag it and, and you get a little pee down later on, right? That's just the the cost of doing business, Ray. Right. Yeah, you, know? you get the P down and you get the K down because that's uh, that's where you're at, and that's based on a conversation that I had with uh, somebody that called me up this morning to ask me why is my lawn declining, and this person described constantly collecting clippings and yet not putting back the. P and the K and the micronutrients and I said there's your sign there's your sign because in another time I never used to mow lawns I never mowed so here's what I saw out of it because the people that do mow here pick up every single last freaking grass clipping I noticed that my lawns would start to look peaked by day 35 or 40 every mm -hmm. month. So that told me the level of nutrient removal.
the you know in nutrient removals one of those things right that you can always account for it for fertility i've got to say though at your soil test levels you've got a lot of luxury there uh because yeah. you've got you have ample so you can get away with it realistically for years before at least two years before you even really need to worry about trying to replace what you're removing from potassium and even more years from phosphorus. So no real yeah. major like, oh Lord, you're screwed if you do that kind of sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it would just save you money in the long years. run by by uh by recycling those clippings because you could just stay for a significant period of time, multiple four years maybe, uh without needing to apply any more K. So kind of an interesting yeah. Yeah, the, so the, did I positive. did I just hear did I just hear you say Ray calm down? <laughs> is that no, the, is that the translation? Um, let, let me <laughs> translate it for let me let me translate it for Ray. You know the the K thing aside, the 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 with the thing with phosphorus, right, and the thing with kids and the bagging and all that stuff. Ray, as simple as I can put it, because I've got two kids and I face the same thing and I do the same thing. I bag it right. Is uh. if you don't bag it and you put the P and the V you're going to have to drop some pee to take care of it later on. Like, that's just the way it goes, you know? So. Fair enough. Listen, Fair the, enough. the thing about this too is that the, why, why there's th three of us on here every week as a guarantee is that you're going to get three totally different perspectives on how to manage things because of our experiences, our education, uh, it influences the way we do everything. And listen, there's 101 ways to grow grass. There's 101 ways. There's 1,001 ways to grow grass and do so effectively. Everybody has their own spin on it. Everybody has their own take on it, as long as you have some foundation, uh, some foundational approaches to it all, right? So how you end up getting there, you may take a windy road. You may take a straight road. You may take a road with lots of hills. You may take a road where you go downhill the whole way. Uh, but you're all ending up at the same point. And, you know, Ryan has been in, in sports turf, you know, for the, the bulk of his career. And so he thinks about things totally different than the way I do where I come from, uh, what I call volume lawn care, right? Where it's, how can I get it done as fast as possible, as cheap as possible has been my approach the entire time because while getting you know, my budget while, while being called the lawn boy and secretly <laughs> wishing just horrific things on the people that tell you that and yourself at the same time, <laughs> it's an interesting dichotomy to be at a person's property and hate yourself as much as you hate your customer. It's an odd thing, but it happens a lot. Oddly. I digress. So when you're trying to achieve, you know, uh, a, a golf course type aesthetic and you, you've only got six applications to do it in and you've got a budget of $1.60 per thousand square feet to get it done or $1.40 per thousand square feet to get it done, you know, you're trying to run all these different scenarios in your head like, you know, what can I skip on this time? What can I not skip on this time? And what's great is when you have data like you've got here with this soil test, what? they're like, I can skip on a whole hell of a lot as a matter of fact, and I'm going as cheap <laughs> as possible. Bring on the 400 SGN ammonium sulfate, and I'm going to go light this bad boy up. So, <laughs> well, hey, <clears throat> to your point, look, if you just get, I, I think a lot of back to basics needs to happen. Okay. And that's kind of the whole point about what I'm trying to do with my stupid little YouTube channel is to go back to basics, remove yourself from 
everything that's thrown at you on the tubes, on the grams and all that kind of stuff. And just take a breather and just go out there, cut the grass, get a soil test, try to understand it the best you can and work with a budget. And don't go out there and dump thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of products out there to fix every little scenario that you're going to have. Because I think it's just, it's insane to do that. And so taking a slower, smaller approach to it, especially with a yard like mine, that's as small as it is, I think is going to be a better approach in the long run. Hmm. Uh, I agree with that. And I, w- I will say this, like I've watched a lot of your content this year, especially. And um, I, the the thing that I appreciate the most is not only what you said, simple in terms of what you're trying to do to, you know, so I guess here, the two things that I appreciate the most, no, number one is what is the simplest path to get to my desired objective, right? Instead of saying, how many different things can I do to maybe hit the bullseye and not have any clue which one of the things that I did actually helped me achieve my objective? Number one. Number two, your level of expectation setting, I think, is completely on point. Knowing that, hey, I'm an amateur. I'm going to do the best I can with the best information I have. And you know what? It might not always look perfect. And guess what? That's okay. It's completely okay. Even us, Ray, Matt, me, we screw stuff up constantly, right? Stuff happens. Stuff happens. Matt set a two alarm <laughs> fire on his own property in the in the effort to make his lawn better as cheap as he possibly could. And God bless him for it. But because I was too lazy to scalp it, I was like, I'm just gonna burn all the grass off and burn down everything in its path. That's you accomplished that. Situations where you yeah, you yeah. hate yourself as much as the shed all at the same time. Like it's an empty shed. Why is it even on the property? It came with the house. I hated it anyway. And then I'm trying to put it out with a zero G stretch hose. You know, you just you talk, there's nothing more humiliating than being stiff armed by a real man, a fireman, who's out here has responsibilities of saving lives and. You got Tweedledick Matt over here with a with a <laughs> limp garden hose spritzing just the overspray of water onto this raging fire that looks like a damn SpaceX launch in the backyard. I'll tell you, <laughs> this. I'll tell you, you know who you made happy through all this, right? There's there's only one group that made out, and that was the lawyers that handle Super G hose because they saw and heard your story probably somewhere because it got brought to their attention and they're like God bless it. We got to go back here and rewrite the entire safety manual, right? So now in big, bold print, you know, it says on the box, does not put out structure fires. You know, <laughs> the lawyers, you know, they get paid $400 an hour to be like, all right, how should we write this? Like, don't be an idiot. Doesn't put out structure fires. No, we can't do that. Uh, you know, don't light your yard on fire and try to put this out along with any other structures. Like they just settled on, does not put out structure fires. So you probably made them probably i'm going to say several hundred thousand dollars in legal fees just off of that so kudos to you sir and supporting the legal profession sounds like they owe him some free hoses and an affiliate link oh yeah definitely some free hoses down below down below (laughs) right 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 in right in this vicinity right down here yeah that's the, uh, the other thing too i just want to touch on this real quick while i'm thinking about it is that you know so there there really are like 
I would say three different kind of kinds of lawn YouTubers, right? There are the people that are expressly there to sell product and that's it. That's all they do. That's their job. And then you have people that are kind of doing more of a, a tutorial, you know, kind of like a Ryan or who's trying to show you how, right? Or a little bit more about why that kind of stuff, right? And then the last is like the Connor worlds awards of the world who are just like, this is what I do. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you dislike it. I don't care if you take my advice at all. I just videotape what I do. And it's basically just like a vlog almost to a certain extent. And I feel like out of anybody, right? Like really anybody in this space, like you have lived the life of all three of those either together or separately <laughs> at one point. And I think it's a unique perspective. I really do. And I'm, I'm curious, like when you hear it put that way, like, does it evoke any strong emotion? I don't mean like you, I'm not asking you to talk bad about anybody here or anything like that. That's not at all. I'm just saying like, you know, from a, if you could uh, be, you know, the, uh, the ruler of the, of the long YouTube community for like a year, like what are, or are there any changes you would make having sat in all those seats, right? Or edicts that you would issue. Or advice you would give. Yes, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Too. <clears throat> that's uh that's most certainly a can of worms for sure um a lot of emotions know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling i'm feeling triggered yeah. right now and i might have to go to a safe space <laughs> safe space so <laughs> crawl wait, wait here's you know, all right crawl crawl in the cooler with the dr pepper that's the safest place you <laughs> can be right now yeah i mean if we're Just gonna dive if in we're there. gonna go there let's let's crack a fresh one Ooh, there it, it is feels so good so it feels so good <sighs> Let me let me back up and say <clears throat> I never envisioned myself being in the lawn tuber space. Um when I started with Do My Own back in the day, I was hired simply to make their tutorial videos on all the SKUs that they carried. So we would touch base with the manufacturer and say, All right, we've got Taurus SC, here's the label, let's get a voiceover, break down how to use it, simple ratios that kind of a thing and then interestingly uh they wanted to start they wanted to start to grow their lawn and garden side of things and it was at that time that uh a coworker that was on the marketing team with me said well i found this guy called uh the lawn care nut on youtube we should reach out to him and have him create videos for us and i was like hold on a freaking minute like that is my full-time job is to create videos for our YouTube channel and our website, and you want to pay somebody else to come in and create lawn content for it. We're not doing that. What, instead, why not take an idiot like me who knows nothing about lawn care and go out into the yard and try to figure this out? And luckily, I work for your distributor that has the products and the catalog to help with the process. Right. So the premise wasn't always. I've always tried to make it is I don't know what I'm doing. Let me figure it out. Show you what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And if there's something I can teach you along the way, then great. Let's do that. But if not, it is what it is. Let's just see what happens. Right. <clears throat> so that actually resonated really well uh, with the do my own channel. And we kind of, it skyrocketed. I mean, we went, it went bananas, right? And that was right around the time that Alan Hain and Ryan Noor, Matt, you were coming, you were on the scene already. Everybody started to grow, and this lawn tube thing started to become a thing, right? 
<clears throat> where it went south is the product side of it, the corporation side of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, wanting to push product, sell product, and that kind of a thing. It moved away from wanting to help and educate people and into the wanting to make a dollar category. Now, let me let me say on top of that, Do My Own was one of the very best jobs I, I've ever had. I absolutely loved my time working for them. They were amazing people. Michael and Philip Gosling, the brothers that own the company, treated me and my family extremely well. But where I had to take a step out was we started to move away from that relatable, figuring out how to do lawn care and teaching it to the average homeowner and more into the space of what we see now, pushing product and selling it. And I'm just, I'm not on board with that. Uh, I mean, I get where some people make a living out of doing it and I'm okay with it. Uh, You want to go out there and you make a living selling these products on YouTube, whatever. I applaud you for it. I tip my hat to you, but it's, that wasn't me. I couldn't go out there and push a product that may or may not work for somebody and say we made a buck at the end of the day. And so that's when I went to uh, Green County Fertilizer. As everybody knows, I ran the next DIY lawn channel there. And it was a similar situation there where it was, we we weren't educating people. We got to push product. We got to sell product. And I just, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. So back to your original question, Again, my the whole premise has always been I'm trying to learn how to do this. I've got a knack for recording it. I have a passion for creating content. Let me point the camera at myself, making mistakes left and right. And if somebody can gain some insight from that, I learned something along the way. Awesome. I think we all win at the end of the day. So I don't know. Was that a good answer? No, like that What'd was the right answer. And no, it was and great. A, couple things I want to just chime in and say, I don't know if I would agree that everything went south. I would say everything has gone a little sideways. Um, uh, and, and so just to be not overly pessimistic about it, try and give a little balance to it. Um, and the only other thing I would say too, is that there's nothing inherently wrong with selling a product. I I fully believe I I think that's a, that's capitalism in its finest. However, it's when you know, say for instance, you have a dollar spot breakout and you look at the, the list of SKUs you get paid on to sell. And uh, the, the only fungicide you have for this, um, uh, for this type of, the only fungicide you have that you get a commission on is a Zoxystrobin. And you know, a Zoxystrobin isn't effective to control um, that, that dollar spot, but you go ahead and do it anyway, because that's the SKU you have that, that you get your commission on. That's where we get into a whole world of tomfoolery that is unacceptable, right? Um, yeah. And or, or you know, if you've got pythium and and you know you're like, <clears throat> golly, we gotta we gotta go get some azoxystrobin on this pythium because it ain't gonna fix it, but it might stop it. It might do something. I don't know, but it's the best we got because I'm at least gonna get a commission on it, right? That's where yeah. it gets it gets squirrely. And the problem is that. And I've said it before and I've harped on it a lot is that the the people who end up getting punished for that type of behavior are uh, the guys that have to rely on those tools to accomplish things. 
um, uh, accomplish, have to get results and, and provide a service and um, compete against other people that also provide a service. And uh, you get into this rat hole of a product being taken away. It ends up losing efficacy where at one point it was great uh, because of overuse or misuse um, or all of the above. And, yeah. and, then, and then everybody ends up losing everybody yeah. ends up losing in the long run for it when the the transparent thing to do was to make the recommendation of well mefenoxin would work for pythium and would work well uh or uh you know let's uh head on over to the nc state turf files and look at the most effective fungicides for dollar spy and see that uh, zoxystrobin is not on that list and yeah. not make that that recommendation so that's where we're in that's where things get sideways and i feel like that's yeah. kind of the, the the path we're as 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 the long the long care community is navigating right now that's that's the kind of path that uh everybody's trying to figure out um everybody wants to get rich everybody wants clout or fame online um everybody gets their little buzz from producing content right and, you, and you're you're chasing the dragon constantly and uh and so a lot of times it can become blinders to what what I would consider how do I say this without sounding like a complete and total keeper of the gates, but without um you you put on blinders for at, at the at the sacrifice of everything else around you for the sheer purpose of generating an additional dollar or an additional subscriber or an additional uh a view or click or whatever. Uh, regardless of what the overall impact is, right? Um, I believe in the real world, we yeah. call that selling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a good one. Well, that's probably a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that was my line, right? That's where it was moving out of being genuine and into that selling out phase of things. Um, and to Matt's point, you know, I got to know a lot of pros while I was working at Do My Own and Green County Fertilizer. And a lot of these guys, to Matt's point, they depend on these things to be readily available. And when you've got homeowners dipping their hands into pro chemicals and misusing them and being morons, dumping more on they need to, that causes a problem industry wide. And so where I started to kind of say, like, I, I can't do this anymore is when someone's telling me, hey, throw down Roundup, but don't tell anybody about it so that we can make this other skew look good. So wow. I just, I, I can't be a part of that. And I just, my, my moral compass goes off and I just, that's why it took us a, a year off and I, I got off social media and I backed out because it was just kind of getting into that realm of, of selling out just to make a dollar and, and just kind of going sideways as Matt said it. I want to ask a question too is, you know, you pump out a lot of content and, um, you know, this was your job and now it's just sort of like a hobby and a job. I'm not sure where, where it's at for you now, but like you, you seem like one of the more humble guys doing it. How do you stay humble? I'm just curious of like what, you know, what grounds you to be like, Hey, you know what? It looks like it looks and I'm okay with that. Whereas, you know, there's some people that legitimately get like crushing anxiety because if there's one thing wrong with their lawn and they push out content they're just like they can't do it they can't do it and it's like guys like yeah we live in the real world grass dies all the time like all the time ask matt right yeah <laughs> ask yeah, Ray. i 
Well, <laughs> for starters, listen, listen here, Demay, <laughs> damn it. You're freaking me what? out, guy. You're freaking me out. <laughs> oh, Ray's thinking about El Toro's oyster right now and just getting the getting the shakes. Drink another. Yeah, he needs Don't another Italian roast to calm up. Well, but uh, so but seriously, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Ray. Seriously, um, yeah. seriously, that is what I think is so refreshing about your channel and you in that you have that moral compass in that uh, you're not associated with uh, less than, how shall I say, uh, ethical people. Because, uh, as you know, uh, we're very fond of uh, flashing up this uh, meme that we refer to as BMS. <laughs> you know? Is that a syndrome? And no, it, it, no. It, 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 I think it might be, Ray. I think, oh. I think at some point. Yeah. I think once, <laughs> well, hold, I think on. once the... I think once well, the new DSM six comes out for psychiatry, you'll probably see BMS in there, right? It'll be it'll yeah. be on every psychiatry desk. Yeah. So, let, let me it, let me step in real go. let me step in real quick and make a note here. There are very extremely ethical people that still work at Do My Own and Green County Fertilizer that I am friends with. Sure. And sure. they have the moral compass. They're in it for good reasons, and they legitimately steer people in the right direction. I I remember being in the room with one of the salespeople and they're like, you know, you shouldn't buy anything from us. You can go down the street and get it for half the price. And I was just floored by that. I was just like, oh my gosh, you're basically telling someone not to do business with us. It just really struck me, right? So I just wanted to throw that out there. There are still people out there at those companies that very much have good intentions and are trying to do the right thing. So... <clears throat> To, uh, to answer your question, yeah, to just answer your question, the whole, yeah, yeah. One, I have a turf boss and she's amazing. She definitely keeps me in check all the time. Um, <laughs> and, and two, like you said earlier at the beginning of all this, I've sat in all those seats and I've seen it from all sides. I've been on the other side of the screen in the room where the conversations have happened. And I just, I've seen it all and I just don't I just don't want to be a part of that, right? Like if my lawn's going to look like crap, great. I really don't care. And I'm really hoping people are going to see that and they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, you know what? Actually, it kind of is a good thing that I'm not going nuts with this." One of the greatest comments I my favorite comments I got uh, on my recent video, this guy said, "Man, I'm so glad you said something about having a tight budget." Because I think a lot of people out there do, and they're just afraid to admit it because of everything they see on YouTube and Instagram, and it's this constant comparing and trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? And that's the other part of it. I got off social media. When I left Green County Fertilizer and I moved to Utah, I deleted my Facebook account, I deleted my Instagram account, and I just I removed myself for an entire year. I just kind of went off the radar. And it was one of the greatest things that I've ever done and I will not get back on those platforms. So I guess that's the answer to the question is just 
not comparing myself to other people's lawns and trying to keep up with everybody that's out there. That takes a tremendous amount of self-discipline, right? And also self-respect too, to not like that I need to be validated by what my lawn looks like or, I mean, that's, that's in the pro world and, and Matt and Ray could tell you the same thing is, you know, like when you start comparing, you're going to lose, like in your mind, yeah. you're going to talk yourself. You're, you're never going to be like, you, you know, the self-talk of sometimes all oh, this, you know, my turf's better than this guy's or this person's or whatever. It usually devolves 95% of the time into man, everything I've got sucks. It's, you know, there's weeds everywhere. There's this, there's that. It's like, you're just giving yourself all the ammunition to just shoot yourself in the foot over and over and or, over again. It's all, or shoot yourself in the head because, you know, speaking, <laughs> speaking to that, right. Here we go. Here we go. Strap in no. boys. No. Are we going sideways now? No, no. no. We're, we're going, going south. We're, 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 yeah, yeah. we're going six no, feet we're south. Going, no, we're not we're going neither way, but then what I can tell you is I level with people. I tell people you'll have a very green lawn, your lawn won't have weeds, but do not compare yourself to the neighbors. And do you know why I tell them don't compare yourself to the neighbors? Why, Ray? Because Part of my warning is that you will also have one of the quote-unquote messiest lawns on the street. Yeah. It, no, and it's and it's true, and I think that's the unintended consequences. And I think that's, you know, to Castleberry's point, there's a lot of that that's under, undersold in terms of, yeah, you can keep up, you can buy all these products and everything else, but what are the unintended consequences? What are the things that you're not hearing about Hey, you do this, you know, you do X with Y and you thought you were going to get Z result, but suddenly you end up on double A and holy crap, like we got a major problem here because you're not supposed to mix those two things. Right. And, <laughs> you know, to well, me. And also, again, going back to Matt's yeah. point is you yeah. start to get people going off label on these products. Oh, yeah. Totally. And it's just it causes so many. I mean, I had a neighbor once is like, well, if I do more, I mean, nobody's going to find out and, and tell on me. Right. It's like ethically just follow the label. I mean, it's the law. Literally. We said that at do my own all the time. Label is law because it is right. So it I just, think, it, and, the, and the part that ahead, I, I, where, you know, the, the one is good two is better type thing is what people don't understand is that, Yes, you can overapply. No, nobody's going to find out. Uh, no, you're not going to get any better result. Yes, you're going to create more problems than you initially started with. And it's as simple as that. And, yeah. you know, where, and but then all of a sudden it becomes like, well, I can get this product in ag and then I can use it over here and I can do a little yeah. MSMA over here. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then I'm going to, I man, that damn shit works so damn good. I'm going to do a TikTok video on it and show everybody that the only thing missing was that they just need to do a little squirt squirt and they're going to kill every some bitch and we there had their yarn to come back all green every time, 100% of the time. And then that's where it gets silly, right? And then, yeah. and then that's where it makes the problem is, is that people see that and they're like, oh, well, shit, you know, Joe Blow did it. I can do it too. Um, and, and who's going to stop me? And listen. You're not going to meet anybody that's more fond of individual freedoms than I am. I, I 100% think 
everybody should be able to do with what they need to on their property. But here's the thing is that when it starts to affect me being able to feed my family, I get, I lose my shit. I lose my yeah. shit. And, and that's that one area of territorialism that I have and it's extreme and, uh, uh, and it's probably for the best. Um, but it's, it's just, I hate to be a negative Nancy about it. I really do. Uh, because there's, there's lots of people in the lawn care community that produce great content and, and they're genuinely funny to watch. I saw Jason G over in the chat. I love Jason G. It's funny. Somebody was at, dude. Uh, talking, talking about him the other day. And, and, uh, and I was like, you, Jason G's the kind of guy, he didn't give a shit. He just wants to go out and have fun in his yard. You know, like that's 100% what he does. That's how the content comes across. That's why it's easy to watch. That's why it's fun to watch. And by the way, you look great, Jason. I don't know what you've been doing, but you clearly have been working your ass off and you look awesome. And, uh, and so I, I, I don't want to paint the picture that, if you're a homeowner and you're out there making YouTube videos, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You need to get your ass corrected. And that's, that's not true. I don't think that at no. all. There's, there's lots of people out there that, that are legitimately having fun learning on their own personal journey. And I think that's great for people. Uh, but at the same time, there's, there's people that will come in and, uh, uh, and dangle a carrot of fame or fortune in front of them and then it will push people outside of their comfort zone. And I don't even fault the people for that. I mean, you know, listen, if somebody came to you and is dangling, you know, money and fame and power in front of you, I mean, it, any, any normal person is going to look at that and, and weigh their options and be like, okay, let's check this out. Let's have a conversation about this. Let's see what this looks like. And sometimes, sometimes it's obvious where it's going. Other times it's not so obvious. And it just seems like it may be a good idea or, You'll be talked to in such a way that it, 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 it makes it feel like, you know, you have an ability, they see something inside of you, right? And they've inspired confidence in you that you didn't otherwise have. And that, and that confidence may be good. And that may expel into other areas of your life with your relationship with your home or your kids or work. And, you know, you're getting this positive reinforcement here and lo and behold, you're not even aware of the shit that's coming out of your mouth kind of sort of deal. Right. So anyway yeah well, I just, well and to add to add to that we saw this at do my own <clears throat> there were products and SKUs that people were posting about and talking about that they were not using correctly and the SKU gets pulled back and it gets taken off the shelf and it's not available anymore so mm. it it has effects you got to be careful with it and and do my own defense, I applaud them for wanting to always go by the manufacturer's recommendations and always making sure those T's were crossed and those I's were dotted whenever we were making content. Because if we even misspoke in the slightest, videos getting taken down, wagons are getting circled, and we're talking about how we can fix this. So I, I applaud them for for always trying to do the right thing and make sure that homeowners when they get these products, they're using them safely and effectively. But it it was a thing. We would see people um, misusing the product. A manufacturer would get wind of that. Next thing you know, the SKU is getting taken away from us and sales are getting affected. And that affects people's livelihoods, right? I mean, you've got customer service representatives. You've got warehouse guys that are packing these shipments. I mean, it's, it's a domino effect. So <clears throat> that's why I try to, I, I have that line of, I'm not going to cross it just to make a buck. 
and and I and I think I think that's where we need to get back to. Yeah, yeah, and and what Matt said, you know, if if you're a capitalist and you want to sell, you just at least have a little bit of a conscience, right? Like overall, yeah. But I I think there's a I think there's an awesome content opportunity here, Matt. I know you've probably watched The Price Is Right. Ray, I know that for Come sure you have. Down. Yeah, you know that. You remember that? You remember that like little yodeling game where the little like the little high sock dude like goes up the hill the further you are away from the price. I want. Oh, yeah. yeah, I want. Jay, I want Jay Pink to set up the yodeling game, and next year we'll do a series of short videos. I want to see how close we can get the yodeler to your budget without having him fall off the cliff, right? By just doing the simplest shit we can possibly do to manage your lawn. And we, do, we just check in like once a month for like a five minute video, a two minute video, whatever it is. And we yodel on up and see if we can do it. So you talk to the turf boss, right? You set the budget and we can do this. We can do like a little three or four or five part series. And I bet you we can stay, we can keep the yodeler from falling off the cliff. Challenge accepted. I, accepted. She's probably watching right now, getting the kids in bed. So she, she's probably going, oh my gosh, what? these guys <sighs> all right we'll we'll freaking take the pen back to the paper and and talk about this so he's redlining he's redlining the butt she's like well, we're gonna see how good these guys are it was 300 before yeah. it's now one 150 hey. <laughs> if that happens hey dr pepper's all the way around hey <laughs> yeah well you know what that is Go something that i i'm super familiar with because the reality is you know when i told you five dollar a square foot sod mm-hmm. you know what the corollary of that is uh you do no. not have very much money to just dick around with stuff that doesn't work or is unnecessary no that's no my fafo reality in ray's world no yeah. fafo <laughs> yeah no no fafo exactly or fomo no, oh, there's no, no missing yeah. out, but you might yeah. you might find out if you well you did the first part. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. somebody's they so this is being pushed. Everybody's saying I should do something. I don't know if it's stupid or insane, but renovate the yard to Bermuda. <laughs> okay. Not um, not in Utah. Buried, not in Utah. Buried under snow for a long period of time, right? And you get too cold uh, at night. And you get too cold no. at night, even in the summer. So not happening. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. Hey, look. Okay. Well, well, hold on. They even Spring, said you can't winter. real mow. They said you can't real mow turf type tall fescue, but we did it, and it survived. It's fine. So you can ro- hey, you can rotary mow Bermuda grass at one inch and be fine. Ray Ray will literally like nails on a chalk bar or screaming in ray's ear right now but you can do it right <laughs> oh my camera just died now listen listen ray you can do this i've seen it done okay now here's what now we just lost his audio feed oh there we he goes there we go this is like the All guy right, yeah i'm back for a second on my crappy camera this is like the guy that drives the torch red corvette right with the convertible top and he's driving around town right and his Corvette looks awesome, right? Now, any car enthusiast would look at him and say, dude, you got an automatic Corvette with a, with a 
with a <laughs> convertible top like you are the biggest pansy in the world but you know what when he rolls down the street on friday night around all the ladies ray all they see is a red corvette right so one inch bermuda is one inch bermuda dog that's all i'm saying you can do it yeah. all right hell yeah that's right <laughs> see that was well timed lush god that was that was, that was could the, not have been right more perfect point. yes lush lush lawn's looking out for me thank you aaron so i want to know about your wintertime temperatures and snowfall so take me through like december january february how much snow is on the ground for how long and how cold does it get it <clears throat> if we get snow around halloween you know it's going to be a tough winter uh it's okay. just going to be lots of uh lake effect snow anywhere between mm -hmm. you know four six ten inches of snow some places um but on the flip side of that it could be a short winter like what we had this past winter where I can count maybe two good snowstorms where it dumped maybe two, three inches of snow in our area. And then in a couple of days time, it was, it was melted and gone. So it's, it's hard to predict. It's hard it, to say, I know. Yeah. It's hard to like, again, today, the weather being crazy, it, it's hard yeah. to say, I know from December to February, I'm going to have just masses of amounts of snow and I'm just going to have to sit inside with my feet up by the fire and, and wait for it to melt. Um, if only. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah. Right. So it's hard to predict. I can't really say one way or the other, but we get snow. Is it okay. so there there's you not go. like Connor where you get just dumped on and dumped on and we, dumped on. And once it falls, it doesn't melt until the spring. So I'm two hours away from Connor. He's at a little bit higher elevation than I am. Um, so we can get that. I'm closer to the Great Salt Lake, so we can get that lake effect snow that just can dump a ton on us. Um, so we can get that, but it's it's okay. not very often. Snow gets it way more out. than we do. So then, tell me about temperatures, cold temperatures. You know, you're on exposed ground. You get a cold night. Like, how often is it dipping down into the single digits at night? Not very often. It happens, but it's not you know, every single night throughout the winter. So let's just say like in those 90 days from December one to, you know, February 28, roughly it's not 90, but bear with me is how many, how many single digit nights do you think you see in that stretch in an average year, 10, 20, 30. Uh, maybe somewhere between 10 and 20 is a good safe bet. I think you can grow a muter dog. That's me. I think you can go <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not hearing anything. If you have a year where you do have extended snow cover that doesn't melt, I'd say, yeah, you're probably toast. If it happens within the first two years of establishment. Dude, I'm telling you, we had, we had 11 days, 11 days, sub five degrees uncovered on less than year old Tahoma. No winter kill none it's 11 days but you didn't have 90 days or 80 days of snow cover snow cover is fine snow cover is fine once when we're uncovered that's when i get nervous the only thing on snow cover that we get nervous about is if we have ice if we have melt refreeze then more snow because yeah. then we can get anoxia right can't get yeah. enough oxygen down to the plant and then we have major issues so 
if that situation is prevalent, which I doubt it is, it's probably just cold, right? Like here in Ohio, we can be like up in the 40s, right? We get a little bit of rain, flash freeze, then there's snow on top of it, and it's an absolute shit show. Who knows what's going to happen with the turf? Like you get that in February, and you have your fingers crossed that whatever comes out is not dead. So all that being said, hey, it you're it saying you're worth- saying throw down and go for it. You don't have ice storms there like we do in the South. You you know what I'm no. talking about. You've experienced the Absolutely. ice storms. The ice storms cause Absolutely. winter kill every time. If you don't have ice storms, I'm with Demay here. You got you got to try it. I'm going to tell you this real quick too. Is uh, I th- I think Arden it was Iron 15 Quarter. seed oh, Arden God, 15. Stop. I got a link stop. in the description. Stop. <laughs> Somebody. Okay, listen. Listen, if you think that he's being serious right now, he's being a thousand percent facetious. Please, if you're watching this and you if you just picked up on this, please don't take anything he said seriously, right? That it's, that was it's, inside. It's baseball. opposite day. It's it's opposite day. Just forget about it. Forget about it. Okay. Take Anyhow. it with a grain of uh, Arden fifteen seed. <laughs> exactly. You people, exactly. You people. <laughs> what you do Usually is me. you sod, you sod Tiff Grand, and then you seed Arden Fifteen into it every summer. You which, overseed with which it. one of those is common Bermuda? Tiff Grand. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like Ray right now. I'm getting triggered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for um, there, there's a guy. There's a guy. In and uh, uh, Castleberry, I'll send you the link on the Discord. But there is a, a gentleman in Colorado that last year got a pallet of iron cutters. So the two most code tolerant vege- vegetative types of Bermuda grass right now are iron cutter and Tahoma 31. Okay. Yeah. Either one of them I think would work fine. Hell yeah, Sean Smith. Um, either one of them work fine. But this guy was in, he's just south of Denver. So you kind of halfway in between, um, what is that? Denver and Colorado Springs, right? And tough, dry, open winter out there came back just fine. No problems, right? So it would be fun to try, you know? And from, from a management standpoint too, right? Like... You know, the only thing I worry about there is just the water, right? What Ray, Matt, what do you think about that? Like, if you were on water restrictions and you had a hybrid Bermuda in a dry climate, like what? You tell me because I don't have a dry climate with those, so I could care okay. less because I know I can grow it in the next growing season. It just it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, you know, okay, what? I you lose eighty percent of it. All I need is a is a few one by one patches, and I can regrow the some bitch. So. I could care less. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it in dry conditions either. Because here's what I see with Bermuda being given the elbow, and in favor of all of these exotic experimental grasses that nobody else in the continental U.S. in the right mind willingly uses, except as an experiment. Uh, Bermuda just handled, yeah. Zeon Zoisha doesn't handle dry weather very well. Go to Bermuda, hell, Zeon Zoisha. Go to hell. Bermuda, on the other hand, will handle dry weather. And oh, by the way, Matt, here's one of my projects 
I am going to be converting a practice green that was Seashore Paspalum to Tahoma 31. Hey, okay. That I, can, I thought you okay. were going to say Zeon Zorja, and I was about to puke. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. But the reason why I'm going back to Bermuda is because this is in a location where irrigation and watering is very sketchy. You know, it's not like you got the uh, rainbird uh, golf heads switching on every single morning on the clock. So the paspalum is being a big girl about it. So very, yeah, it's being very a big girl. Tame word. Yeah, it's being a big girl. Ray's really big, toned it down little, tonight. Yeah, so it's being a little I, girl about it. Safe word incoming. <laughs> Safe word coming. <laughs> Pineapple but, juice. Pineapple but, yeah, but, juice. But I'm but Ryan, I'm yes. gonna put it put it put that practice screen back into Toma thirty one. And I'm gonna do I a no you, till no and I'm gonna do a no till renovation. Oh, this guy. This guy I'm gonna do a no What's your what's your final mowing height gonna be? About a tenth. Okay. About Tell a tenth. I mean, yeah. And by the way, <laughs> go. What's up? And and, and it's also going to get the groomer on the mower rather reg, re, readily regularly. I honestly, I think that would be amazing because the texture on Tahoma. Even just versus iron cutter, like it is, it is definitely more coarse. Now it's standing up to putting green height. Oh, there's a sod farm out in Oklahoma that's growing it and, and maintaining it there. There's a couple of golf courses. There's uh, a nine hole course in Arkansas, I think, that all their greens mm -hmm. were converted over last year to Tahoma. So you know, it's a pretty versatile grass where it's growing well at two inches in lawn height situations, right? Where people are just rotary mowing it, Ray earmuffs okay <laughs> yeah. but it's also doing well clear down to you know a tenth or an eighth so fantastic grass castleberry if you want to do it let's talk more offline because it would be it'd be a cool project it would be awful so let's just look at this you could be Sweet, a, a sweetheart if you're listening earmuff it sweetheart if you're listening just don't pay attention <laughs> renovation no. project might be incoming yeah no seriously <laughs> Turf boss, if you're listening, your husband and your family could be transcendent figures in Utah lawn care history. Look at it that way, right? In the book someday, yeah. they're going to be like, Castleberry, those people are crazy, but they did it. They freaking did there'll, it. There will be no more, and no more reseeding. Yeah. Yeah. No more there'll reseeding. There will be studies what? for years <laughs> to come at every extension office in Utah. Yeah, they'll be like, they'll, well, they'll probably bring you into the extension office there and be like, they'll hold up like all the cards and be like, all right, what do you see? And you'll be like, I see Bermuda That's grass a butterfly. as far as the eye can see. So what? explain your science behind this. And I'll just be like, I just want grass, man. I just want to throw something down and make Bermuda. We grow the Bermuda grass down there. The and so I'm Bermuda. The Bermuda. Yeah, Bermuda or Bermudi. Uh, and we're going we're going to grow that some bitch up here too cuz you said Georgia wrong. Do, you said Georgia, Georgia wrong. Georgia. 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 
Yeah, and there would be one. If you get to the deep south like Valdosta, they almost sound like they have a a British inflection in their accent, the Falkhorn, Leghorn type of accent. It's (laughs) it's a weird old. I I say, but kind of like they got a little thing dropping off the tip of their tongue. Yeah, it's it's they got the molasses rolling off. That's uh, uh, somebody made the comment that Bermuda was illegal to grow in uh, in Utah. Uh, it, let's find out. It's let's not. find out. You 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 totally can. Um, it is yeah, considered a noxious weed there. However, it is used in sports turf and turf grass applications. So uh, you're good. So you can't even forage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So as long well, as there's no no animals thing. grazing on it, we're fine. Well, it's well here's cows. the thing. Ah. <laughs> uh, if you go to a vegetatively propagated variety, it is less likely Not for it to be, yeah, for it to become a noxious or invasive species. Whereas, guess what I hate? I hate the pasture varieties of Bermuda because they seed like crazy, and you have a bad time when it contaminates even finer textured Bermudas because now you're in a hard situation where you have to figure out how to kill that coarser, taller growing Bermuda and not fry out your low cut hybrid. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's an extremely rigorous and painful process. So, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of, a vegetatively propagated variety of Bermuda, and I'm pretty sure that state law would grant an exemption to vegetatively propagated versus if you told them, I'm just going to go out with and have an Arizona common seeded lawn. Uh, this is the point in the conversation. This is the point in the conversation where you have to say, I am not a lawyer. Please consult one to make sure that, you know, you release yourself of all liability from any local nah. and state laws that we might be. No, we're, might be we're, 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 we're better. We're turf lawyers. Yeah, we're fine. There you go. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we're, we're turf um, lawyers. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we are turf lawyers because, you know, our job is, you know, keeping you out of trouble, right? And telling you not to do certain things that you shouldn't do. And then ultimately, you know, if you or one of our other clients gets screwed, our entire job is to unthrust your situation so that you are whole again, right? So that's basically what yeah. we do. Um, yeah, we can, we can talk offline, but I think there are two legitimate realistic project and or content ideas for next year. The Yodeler has to be one. Like, that's so perfect. And J-Pink will do it in a way that we're not going to infringe on. Drew Carey is going to come knocking at your door with a process server to let you know that you've been served for stealing their shit. But um, the other piece, the Bermuda piece, could be interesting. Maybe not next year, but you know, let's work up to that. Let's get to that point, right? Because you got trees to plant next year. Let's get the trees planted first and take it from there, right? A long time. You just move there. You got a long time. So let's get there. All right. Any final questions for us as we start to wrap this up and get to, oh, boy. Oh boy, Matt, Ray, it, it, is, it is serendipitous in the content that we've been afforded and presented and provided this week with the guests that we have for this week for the show after the show. And honestly, 
I could not have drawn it up any better. Like I could have probably called these people and say, hey, can you please make something that would, you know, work well with what we're trying to do? And I'm not sure that they, even if I put that uh, request into them, that they could have done as good of a job as they have this week. So I'm excited. I'm elated. Real quick, any other questions? Any other thoughts? Mr. Castleberry. I I just want to say thanks, man. I I really appreciate you guys have me on here. Um, I I truly miss the days when everyone just collaborated and got along and shared information and had the tide rise so all of us could float our ships. And uh, you know, I I very much enjoy the community. I enjoy the knowledge. I appreciate it. And I just I appreciate you guys taking the time, having me on, and and let me be on here and spitball some stuff and take jabs and just have a good old time. So thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody in the community. No doubt. No doubt. No, seriously. Thank you. Thank you very much. I will say (laughs) that this is one that we've all been looking forward to and it delivered, you know, it definitely delivered for all of us. So Matt, with that, take us out with uh, any, any sponsor talk or any, any of the gobbledygook that you, you normally handle, right? Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to take a look at Joshua Sledge, welcome to the dark side, my friend. You have just entered the <laughs> armpit of lawn care. As a matter of fact, it's we unshaven and very sweaty because we're we're afraid of the toxins that come from traditional deodorant. So we also don't have five G phones. So yeah, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> oh gosh. Where I was going with that, Ryan, I had to stop because I almost said it out loud and I was like, that would have been banned immediately off the YouTube. Just and wait like baseball, 90 seconds. We'll do it on the show after the show. Listen, men, if you're out there and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you don't have to be. Honehealth.com forward slash the grass factor. Get your testosterone levels checked. You will be stunned at what you come across. Maybe, maybe not. But if you're like me, you would be. And you're going to think to yourself, holy shit, how long have I been dealing with this? And then you're going to go through a weird like stage of grief where at first you're going to be like, but, but, I, I, uh, but, uh, uh, and then you're going to go through another period where you're kind of like sulking on yourself and you're like, golly, this is ridiculous. And then you're going to go through a period of relief where you're like, oh, there's something I can do about this. It's simple. It's easy, and for 45 bucks, you get to find out exactly where you stand. Take the guest workout, real doctors, real science, honehealth.com forward slash grass factor. Also, if you're interested in what we're talking about when we say the show after the show, be like our buddy here. Be like Joshua Sledge. Hit the join button, buy us an airport beer. You can check out and see what we have to do, uh, what we do in the show after the show. <laughs> What we have to do? Because I started going got, somewhere else got, in my head. That, that got really existential really quick. In my head. <laughs> I was going to say, or if you want to bypass the YouTube so Google doesn't take uh, 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 50% of everything, head on over to uh, patreon.com forward slash burn and return. Um, buy us an airport beer. You get a private RSS feed. You get access to... Uh, free merch. We send out free merch after after certain periods of time at the ten and the twenty dollar level, um, and uh, and you you get you get ac- access to all kinds of uh, different things. You get access to a private Discord, all that fun stuff too. So, 
we're trying to figure out a way to make it all work. And if you if you've got access to the private Discord, you can you can still see the uh, the show after the show too. Patreon.com forward slash burner return. Um, and it helps us to be able to do things like provide free merch and also uh, some of the things we have planned for the GIE that we do. That's where it goes. And it keeps us from having a shill Arden 15 and <laughs> Zoxy Strobin for, for dollar spot. There it actually is. makes it worse. Yeah. That even makes it worse. So, hey, right on. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. Ice bags, we'll see links you. in the description. <laughs> Peace. Thank you.